Molly, hello and welcome to the Inspiring Future Leaders podcast. I'm really pleased to have you here with me today and really looking forward to our chat. Firstly, if you could please briefly introduce yourself and then we'll get started. Brilliant. Thanks, Kelly. Yeah, so I'm Molly Henson and I am currently the Head of Customer Support and Success at CRB Cunningham's, which is a cashless payment provider in the UK education sector. Really enjoying it so far and Working in EdTech is something that I'm really passionate about. And just thank you very much for for having me here. I'm really excited. Fantastic. Thank you. What did you do previously? I had a brief stint at a prop tech company, marketing automation platform. And then prior to that, I started my career in EdTech with a business called The Key Support Services, who work with around 65% of schools in England, doing various bits and pieces in various verticals. But predominantly, I was head of customer success there, set up the customer success team and ultimately kind of found my passion I think for customer success in that business and that's allowed me to kind of carry carry that forward into what I'm doing now. This is not necessarily generally where we go with this podcast but I'm seeing a theme here of, of education sector ed tech. Mm-hmm. I mean you, you spoke there about passion for CS for customer success but are you also passionate about the education sector? Is, yeah is very much why so. this theme has come out? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I fell in. So I started. I started my career in charity and wanted to. I want, ultimately wanted to join the forces growing up, and that was always my plan. But that didn't happen for one reason or another. And I started my career in charity, working with a military charity, and I just got this passion for. I don't know. Some people will probably call it kind of social responsibility. That, but that notion of just supporting people, like I just from a business perspective, but then also in your individual role. So when this this role came up at the key, I I kind of took it with open arms because I thought working in education, you're impacting something really that's a core part of our society from afar. So, so yeah, I'm really passionate about it. I really enjoy the sector. I think it's it's, it's a real great blend, I think, of that kind of charity feel, but a bit that more corporate side of it. You get kind of get the best of both worlds from my, from my opinion. And yeah, I just, I think it's a, it's, it's quite a slow sector, but something that's happening really at the moment, that kind of digital transformation that's happening in schools because of COVID, it's just made it even more exciting. There's so much change, there's so much opportunity, and ultimately all any business in the edtech sector is going to be doing is improving the lives somewhere, whether that's teachers, school leaders, or pupils. You make it, you are making a difference somewhere. I'm so pleased I picked on that because. It's almost like I prepped you and I promise I never prep any of these conversations. You say you started in charity and that's where you kind of really recognised and understood and felt connected to this social responsibility. And I loved the way you put there, supporting people from a business perspective. One of the reasons for, there are many reasons for this podcast being in existence, but one of them is that I, I believe that if we did better business, we would as a as a world as individuals but as businesses we would do better in solving our social challenges that are around the world the the united nations has a series of sustainable development goals which many people don't even know exist i know they exist because i i was an executive director of a a charity in ghana a few years ago so my 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 knowledge of their existence is only a few years old and i I think business should be more aware of what they can do in order to provide environments in their teams 
which make people more motivated, more fulfilled, more outward looking, but also they should have corporate social responsibility policies, which they don't just have pay lip service to, but they actually do stuff around. So with the experience that you've had and the fact that you have this light bulb of the social responsibility, supporting people from business perspective, and also the fact that you have worked in charity, but also in business supporting charity and the education sector, what sort of things do you think that the charity sector as well, I think it has to be a partnership bringing the two together. But what do you think the charity sector and the business sector can be doing to support each other and to be supporting people to to do that, looking outward and looking more towards their community, looking toward more helping drive down the, the solutions to the achieving the sustainable development goals? get that that's a wide subject but what are some of the things that you've seen and that you think would be useful for people listening to this podcast to hear so that they can take little things into their daily lives and into their organizations to move things forward I think it's, it's a really good question I my personal opinion is very much I think to effectively look outward and make you know make change I think you have to start by looking inward and I think you have to be really conscious of who you are as an individual, who you are as a business, what your identity is at at, at all levels and kind of almost obsess, I think, over what can we do better? What can we do more? What can we learn? And how can I or the business, whatever inward looking place you're at, how can we how can we share that? How And how can we learn? And how can I take that experience to then pass on to someone else and pass on to another business or pass on to a colleague who's going to go to another business? And and, and for me, I just think, yeah, that notion of looking inward, ultimately, I, I, I firmly believe that's kind of where, that's how I've got to where I am in my career so far, is just being able to think, okay, where's the next learning opportunity? Where can I, where can I pick the, like cherry pick almost, the, the really good bits and the bad bits and where can I learn? And just really thinking all the time, where is that next learning experience? And I, I think that's, yeah, as I say, individual level, corporate level, strategy level. Like I think it's, if we can do that more as a society, I think there's a lot to be, lot to be had from it. That's a really interesting way of putting it. I mean, I love that looking inward because it, it does, everything comes down to the individual, right? Everything comes down to people, even customer success. I've been talking about it for a few years now around your customer success is business success is people success. It ultimately comes down to people. And I think the, the basic principles, the foundational principles of customer success are a business imperative. And I think if they were widely embraced across all businesses, it would bring this, this paradigm change of rather than being selfish, we would be selfless because we at the moment are in a world of extreme capitalism where people are pitted against each other and in order to be successful you have to have achieved certain things lots of material things you have to be the best you have to have the most money and you have to protect your uh, what you've won and been successful at you have to protect that at all costs whereas actually what we should be doing is looking outwardly yes being successful in in whatever way we want to be successful but then also helping others be successful in however they want to be successful and I think that that more outward focus would be really beneficial so it's it's really interesting that actually your first response to that is you need to look inward and I guess that does make sense because challenge 
the perceptions that you have, the values that you think you have, are they your own values or are they the values that society and media and huge conglomerates are putting on you? So that's a really interesting way of looking at that. It's a continual cycle of looking inward to improve outward and vice versa. You, you said there about lots of themes at all levels, which I love, individual organisation strategy, who are you, what's your identity, what can we do better, how can we share What are some practical ways, particularly the sharing piece, because I think, again, this is one of the reasons why the podcast exists, is to add to the conversation, to elevate the conversation, to highlight the conversation. How can we share what we've learned? How can we pass on so that more and more people are doing this inward review to improve things outwardly? I think it comes... It comes from experience, I think. It comes from, as it's your ability as a person, as a leader, kind of as an individual to empathise with a situation that you're faced with. Again, whether that's as a manager, you're having a difficult conversation with an employee or you're setting a strategy that, you know, might be out there or, or, or whatever. I think your ability to, to bring experience to the table and then offer that you need to have you need to have an empathy you have that empathy and that that then kind of breeds authenticity because you've been there you've kind of you've seen it you you know it's not been there done it but you're not coming from a place of 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 telling someone what to do you're advising you're coaching you're mentoring because ultimately you've you've experienced it in in some way or form and again i think that comes as as an individual to look inwards to be thinking what have I learned from that situation? How am I reflecting on what's just happened? Being able to kind of capture all that in yourself and then and then pass it on to other people, I think is a really, really helpful, beneficial way of then sharing and, and, and learning from each other and, and building, as you say, that, that experience up. So that's interesting. So I think what I'm hearing there, which I know that I probably didn't feel I had permission for when I was in early days of my career, is doing that internal introspection reviewing understanding what experiences you've been through what what you've learned and then rather than keeping that to yourself and it being only a personal learning is when the opportunities arise when you have conversations with others when you have discussions with others share your learnings in that vulnerable authentic genuine way so that people can consume that and do with it what they will they they may discard it because it it feels like it's not relevant to them, but you might actually provide a moment of complete clarity and a light bulb moment for them, which they can then take on, implement for themselves and share with others as well. So it's that kind of courage and bravery to, to speak up, no matter who you are, at what level. You talk about people empathising and experience, and you, you talked there about leaders, but also you said about individuals. And I think that's really important is that Certainly when I came into business, there was a very strict hierarchy and you you felt like you had your place and you couldn't step out of that place. I think, luckily, things are changing and improving, but there are still many organisations where that is still the case. So it, it, am, I, am I hearing that right? What you're saying is you take the opportunities as they come to add your voice, add your experience. And it, and it can be as simple as that. Just make sure that you add your voice, your experience, your learnings to other people's experiences so that they can take it on if it, if it is valuable for them. Yeah, because, yeah, and I think that's, yeah, you continue to grow that way, don't you? And it may be, it may be the, the smallest, tiniest little thing, and I can't think of an example off the top of my head, but like, kind of like you say, one, one word, 
one sentence can just strike a chord, a light bulb moment mm. can go off in someone. And then they will take that for, and that's happened to me so many times in my career, various people, managers. And another thing kind of related to this, I, I, I volunteer with, with, with teenagers for a military youth organisation. And it's just a fantastic, fantastic organisation because what we're doing is offering children opportunities to, to lead, to develop. School can be hard. School can be a tough place. What we do is kind of take away that notion of, expectation you need to have the 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 brand new trainers you need to have the the top everyone's in a uniform everyone's the same it doesn't matter what your academic capability is it's all it's about it's almost about grit it's about who you are as an individual and and you're given opportunities to to develop and I think having had that experience as well it's just taught me even more that your surroundings can influence you as an individual so much in your ability looking at teenagers looking at young people who are going through a lot of different experiences in their own personal life seeing them kind of come forward and have that that opportunity to speak out to offer their own thing to the table their own personality I think there's a lot to be learned in adult life from that where in a business setting if we can open up those opportunities and help people to feel like they've got that space and that they haven't got to conform or be something or, or be someone yeah I think there's an awful lot we can we can all progress together from that we're just learning all the time from different people because we're making them feel like they're safe and, and able to to offer those experiences it's interesting isn't it so many things that you said there that resonate so deeply for me and it's it's interesting isn't it that what you're talking about there with the air cadets is effectively encouraging them to unlearn what they've learned at school and I mean socially here I don't mean the standard curriculum but what we teach at school is you have to fit into a particular framework the curriculum works in a certain way exams work in a certain way you have to conform to a certain framework and to a certain progression we are taught that you have to do well at school in order to succeed in later life you're better off going to college or university you're better off doing this you're better off doing that and then socially we've got all of this extreme capitalism which has been embedded in us for so long that we feel like we're missing out or we don't belong if we don't have the right trainers or we don't have x amount of money or certain size property or x number of holidays a year and we 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 cannot have a valid thought or a useful thought or a valuable thought until we've had an x number of years of experience whereas that's everyone has a different journey and you said they we are always learning all of the time from everybody and I and I say and you also said there's a lot to be learned in adult life from the relearning that we're teaching younger people and I think Whilst we understand that we need to go and help people unlearn and relearn at an earlier stage, it's still really difficult for us because, I mean, I find myself doing things all the time <laughs> that I, I rail against and, I, and I'm desperately trying to get it changed for other people, but I still find myself doing it because it's been ingrained in me so long. So it's, it's a very long process. So interesting that 
you know, you have this passion in, in um, the education sector, because if we could change the way that we teach them in the first place, then, you know, we would be able to help things go forward. Anyway, that's a whole different subject there, I think, that we could talk about for hours and probably will do at some point, Molly. But the other thing that I wanted to say is something you triggered about in your response to talking, having that bravery and courage to speak up and add your voice and your experiences and learnings. Uh, that's right. You said something about it doesn't matter. It could be something really tiny. And I know that happens to me all the time. I have a very natural inclination. If something pops into my head, I'll be like, yeah, but that's that's just, that's a no-brainer. Everybody knows that, right? But just because you know it and you think it's simple because it's something that is in your in your skill set, in your gift set, in your qualities, it doesn't mean that other people naturally know it. So no matter how big or small it is, it is always worth saying it out loud because the aha moment for somebody else might come from a completely different place to where you found yours. So be brave, be courageous, speak it out loud. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Thank you. So going back to the concept of leaders, I mean, I love the fact that we have talked much less about leaders and how everyone can contribute to their own evolution and growth, but also to other people's, anybody's, no matter how old they are, how old the people are that are doing the sharing or who are taking the sharing. But if we go back to the term leader, because we talk about people, culture and leadership quite a lot on this podcast. And again, it's leadership is one of these things that I'm trying to break down, deconstruct and, and get people to reimagine what it actually means when people talk to you about leader or leadership what do those terms mean to you leadership to me is something that is within everyone's capability it's it you could be you could be a leader on a football pitch because you're the best football player or you could be a leader of a process because your brain works in such a way that you absolutely understand that process and therefore you're able to lead it. You may not have a title to to reflect that, but if you are good at something or you are passionate about something, then you have the ability and we should facilitate people to have that ability to be able to lead in whatever that is. Everything else is almost irrelevant from my perspective. I think it is. Everyone's got that capability. And yeah, kind of going back to what we said before, I think we almost all have a duty to help people find that ability as well. Again, it's almost like I fed you the answer there. (laughs) Given that this is an audio only podcast, anyone listening will not have seen me pump my fists into the air because I was so excited excited by Molly's response there. And actually, I've I've never really thought about it in this way, but listening to you there, it's almost like, so it, it really irritates me. I mean, yes, we have terms and phrases that just allow people to understand relativity so if you talk about the leadership team then obviously in a business or even a charity the leadership team is the people who are who are owning and ultimately responsible for what is happening now that doesn't necessarily make them leaders because for me a leader is anybody it could be anybody it could be a child it could be somebody who is in their 90s doesn't matter what it matters is what it inspires in other people so actually the way that you were talking about it there made me think about it's kind of like the tangible versus intangible we've we've got to a point in society where we use leaders and leadership so often that we have kind of made leadership into something tangible 
unless you've got the the role or title that confers leadership responsibilities onto you then you're not a leader whereas I think it's much more intangible than that everybody can be and is a leader in some way whether that's your immediate sphere of influence is is very small and you may have chosen it to be that you're still leading you're still parents are leading their children right so it is I, I think that's that's an interesting way of looking at it the tangible versus the intangible and I want to break down the tangible and remind everyone again it's back to that courageous and bravery and giving people permission every voice is valid and actually, if we encouraged more of the more of the people who are feeling like they don't have the permission to speak or they don't have anything valuable to add, if we actually provided space to hear their voices, we could we could find a much more inclusive and valuable and beneficial way of moving forwards. Thank you so much for having that very open perspective on leadership. We talk quite theoretically quite a lot on the podcast, but I also try and dig down into some practical advice for people. So given that we've talked about that bravery and courageousness, speak up, and that you can do that at any stage. A leader is not somebody necessarily who has the the role or the job title. It could be any one of us. What are some practical tips that either you've seen or that you've used yourself that could give people the motivation or the the confidence to to go ahead and do some of this stuff? I think it's really important to understand that if you are a leader in some way, again, whether that's a title or you're you're able to influence other people's thoughts because you've got that natural ability, I think it's also really important to not put pressure on yourself to be that leader all the time. It's really important that you also follow and 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 recognize your own strengths and weaknesses. And I think for me personally, I have work Molly and I have home Molly and I have friend Molly and I have all these and we all have these different different kind of personas that we that we are. And I think early on, earlier on in my career, where I used to get a bit stuck was if I was in a, a, a leadership position at work, I almost felt like I needed to take that home and I needed to be. A leader at home or in my friendship group because going back to that kind of conformity social expectation I've hit a leadership milestone great brilliant I've done this and there was almost I just put this pressure on myself to feel like I needed to carry that forward in everything that I did and it's not it's not until I've got older and, and, and learned from my own experiences that actually that's just it's just totally unnecessary and it's really really good actually to go okay, this is Molly here and kind of box it off and just be able to listen and recognise when other people are better leaders in situations and have that influence. So that's, yeah, I guess that's something I've learned over the years. And I don't know, again, go kind of going back to going back to the, the, the cadet side of things. It's something we see a lot in, in the teenagers. They kind of get a lot of responsibility at a young age. And I, I really do think you could, there are parallels with, with the business yeah. world in this get a lot of responsibility at a young age or an inexperienced age or whatever that is and you feel you feel a lot of pressure with that and you have to learn with it and you see this kind of growth happen where this again a light bulb almost switches and it goes from I'm I'm a leader I'm, I'm doing this I'm doing that I'm doing everything to actually to be a really good leader you need to listen you need to you need to know when when it's not your it's not your time that's not leadership being a leader is really to me in it's it is it's your ability to to inspire and 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 take people on a journey and 
that could be that journey could be anything yeah I really I really liked that I've, again wrote loads of stuff down starting when you said leader is somebody having an influence through your natural ability and I think that's that's a really key thing to understand what that natural ability is and and I think the really key point here is that you hit on was around and, and we all do it because again we're educated in a certain way and also learned behaviors right there are a lot of leaders in inverted commas out there who are micromanaging dictators yeah. uh, and that's not necessarily their fault that's how they were taught that's what they saw being if you're in a management role or a leadership role then that is how you behave you have to control your team and you have to dictate your team and actually that is not true and it's also not the way to not the best way to get the best out of your people so you know a leader what you were saying there knowing what a leader is is very important if we can be teaching that earlier on in people's lives but even in education and certainly in their early careers you know what you said there it's around listening it's about letting others shine it's about providing the space for other people to share their voice and their opinion so I think the way that I, I posed the, the question was what can people be doing in order to have that bravery and courage and there is something that individuals can be doing in order to step forward but there's also something that the environment needs to be doing their leader again in inverted commas the organization needs to be doing is providing a space where people feel they have the permission to do it I never felt I had the permission to speak out of out of turn again in inverted commas when I was younger but what a true leader would be doing is understanding where they shine but understanding where each member of their team shines and and elevating them I think you said facilitating them empowering them to have their voice to have their time to lead when the skill set is what is required from somebody like that and it, again that's very true isn't it we feel a lot of pressure because it is in nobody's skill set to control and own anything even CEOs of organizations has a team around them they have a team around them that have different skill sets different qualities even some CEOs don't have people don't have yep. people skills so they have somebody on their leadership team who does have people skills so that they can balance each other out and that's yep. a lot of pressure I think we we've all been there all done that until we recognize that it is about the team bringing the team together it's why we have organizations in the first place isn't it exactly. bringing a community of people together so thank you again you've obviously got very similar views to me and I obviously when I when I invite people on the podcast I have no idea where any any of these conversations are going to go so which is why I was doing the fist pumping because it's so lovely when I hear somebody who's got very similar views and it encourages me to think that we will get into a place where organizations in the business world and in the charity sector will be much more motivating and fulfilling environments for yeah. us to live in. In your experience in a variety of places, what are some, some experiences that you've had, good or bad, because we learn from both, right? It's not until we have the bad experiences that we realise we have to make a, a concerted effort to model, model the good behaviours. So what are some of the things that you've seen in your experiences that have been a, a good model to follow and perhaps bad model to, to avoid so that we can learn from those experiences? Yeah, I think I'll start with the I'll start with the bad, I think, because like, as you say, they're the ones that kind of really kind of shine through. I, I worked I worked for a business before whereby there was there was very little structure, the values 
the mission, the vision of the business were very much that kind of poster on the wall tick box exercise. I just really struggled with it because there was no sense of camaraderie. There was no sense of coming together and driving forward and pushing people, bringing people, good, skillful people who really want to go to work and do a great job. No one or nothing was kind of pulling those those people together. And, and what, what you ended up with was a really poorly managed business, in my opinion, going kind of back to the customer success thing. That notion of the customer is always right. I, I don't I don't necessarily agree with that. I, I don't think that's true at all. And in this business, our customers were rude, disrespectful, quite nasty to employees at times. And that was that was OK. That was allowed to be OK for the sake of the business, for the sake of making making the cash. And there was no one taking control of that situation. So I think from a from an experience point of view, what that's really taught me if nothing else it's just made me realize that you've got to have people driving forward together and someone or something has got to pull those and whether that is shared values a mission a vision that everyone can rally around it's a really inspiring individual that's that's leading that without those things in place and I would argue you need a bit of all of it plus other you you can be you can become really damaging you think as a collective as a business so so that was yeah that was a really interesting time in my life it really interesting I learned an awful lot from that business but all pretty not necessarily from a positive place yes what not to do in the yeah I mean I guess I mean I'd rather live in a world where none of us experience that but Mm. in a world where that the bad does exist and quite extensively I think those of us who certainly will model change and want to model change and encourage others to model change we need to experience some of that in order to and it kind of goes back to the empathy piece that you were talking about a while while ago we need to experience that so that we understand that it exists understand how we can do better and protect others from having to go through it in the future maybe yeah very much so I think so definitely I think from a from a positive perspective I am I've learned for me personally and and this will be different for everyone but that servant leadership is a huge is a huge thing I think in the society that we're kind of coming through now different generations I think as leaders I think we are seeing that almost a need or an expectation and I agree with it I think that as a leader again whether that's a leader of people a function of process whatever as someone who has the ability to inspire others doing that by giving something back to those people and showing them that you genuinely care I think I've seen that from multiple people in my career and I've been so lucky to see that and learn from it that it it really it brings through some really great great results in 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 personal professional development and ultimately business progression as well and also I think that ties back into that bad experience you had. What I wrote down there while you were talking about that is, yeah, I mean, it just horrifies me that customers, A, feel that they can be rude because we are all people at the end of the day. And B, that the company thought that that was okay because any relationship should be about partnership. It should be two way. And if you're working together, then you get more from each other. Helping somebody else be successful inherently makes you successful foundation of customer success really but that comes back to that servant leadership right if you help your team members become successful you help them to grow and develop then 
that makes them the most motivated and valuable individuals that you could possibly have on your team. Therefore, they make you as successful as possible and you all learn from each other and you all benefit from each other. And what's really great, and I know that this data has been around for a while but again with my expansion of talking about these topics I've been introduced to some new people who are in the people experience world the world of people and talent and there's lots of data and statistics to back this up now so that those those people in leadership teams again in inverted commas in leadership teams who don't recognize the value in investing in their people they just feel that paying a salary is enough and they should be able to whip everyone into shape however they feel the need that's not enough anymore to be fair it was never enough it was never right but these days we are understanding that we need to move back into a world where we are a team pulling together a community so that we can help each other and help others as well so I really loved those I didn't love the bad experience, but loved the learnings from the bad experience. And I really loved the way that you brought servant leadership into into the loop there at the end and really highlighting the need for partnerships in everything. And again, customer success in everything, people success in everything. I've just noticed the time and we are going to have to end there. Molly, I have had such a fabulous time talking to you today and no doubt we'll have many conversations with you, I hope, in the future. Maybe even have you back on the podcast at some point too, if you're up for it. Just one last thing, if people want to carry on the conversation with you, where can they find you? LinkedIn's probably the best, so Molly Henson, find me on LinkedIn and happy to chat to anyone. Brilliant. Thank you so much. I will put links to your LinkedIn on the episode notes. And if you share with me any charity links that you want to add in there as well, I'll put those on too. But other than that, thanks for a great conversation, Molly. And many thanks to those of you listening at the other end. Watch out for the next episode next time of the Inspiring Future Leaders podcast. Bye for now.